number two. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. 704-570-1110-1800-WBT-1110. 1110. Merry Cliffmas. It's the fiscal cliff. We're all going to die if the government shuts down. So we have to ram through $1.7 trillion in spending, which nobody has read because it's over 4,100 pages long. I call it the USBS Act because it's got big giveaways for Big B or Big Honey, if you will, and, uh, and Big Salmon. A lot of money going to the salmon. And that does make sense. Uh, the caller before the uh, end of the hour there uh, who said that uh, he remembers reading that Nancy Pelosi's got some sort of connection or something with uh, with the salmon industry. So that would make sense, right? I mean, she doesn't get that kind of uh, return on all of her investments. Like she's beaten the market by like millions of a percent uh, like every single year. You don't get that just by guessing stuff, Right. You gotta have, gotta have some insider knowledge, if you will. Not that it's illegal. It's that's totally not illegal. What? No, no, it's different when they do it. If you did it, you're going to jail. If when they do it, totally fine, totally fine. That's how uh, she's got so much money to buy all the ice cream for her really big fridge. So the border. Oh, hang on. Let me get to Karen first because she's been waiting for a while. Hello, Karen. Welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for taking the call. Certainly. Two quick points. They're all going to vote yes because they're more worried about their travel plans of getting home than they are about what they're doing to the citizens of this country. I well, yeah, probably so. And they uh, they're not worried about the citizens of the country cutting off their paycheck, right? And they got to vote for it, otherwise they lose the their income streams. Number two, there's a huge amount of money set aside for a whole new FBI building and complex. Well, like uh, add a boy for what they've done for the yeah. last four years. Yeah, I think they've earned it. Don't you think they they've earned it? No. <laughs> well, I mean, from our perspective, no, they haven't earned it. But from but from the Democrats' perspective, they totally have earned it, and more probably, right? It's frustrating. I agree. I agree. That's why. That's why I do this the way I do it, because if you if you laugh, uh, then maybe you don't, you know, pick up the pitchfork. Um, <laughs> so that's, I, I try to yeah, I try to bring some humor to it. Also, I know that leftists hate mockery. They really don't like to be mocked. So that's also why I do it. Uh, Karen, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Take care. Um, Tim Young, comedian. His Twitter account is Tim Runs His Mouth. Uh, he says, Congress cares more about borders in literally every other country than our own. And here are the numbers. So I mentioned in the last hour, uh, the bill allocates $1.56 billion to Customs and Border Protection for, quote, border management requirements and another $339, 340000000 million to Immigration and Customs Enforcement for, quote, non-detention border management requirements. So again, border management requirements. It's very specific language. Funds that are prohibited from being funds that these funds are prohibited from being used to quote acquire, maintain or extend border security technology and capabilities unless they are for improving processing. So Unauthorized immigrant comes across the border, 
supposed to be put through a process because they say, asylum, asylum, people want to kill me. So they they supposedly take it into custody, go through a process or a processing center, and then they're released and told to come back for their asylum hearing. And this was the one thing in the Tillis cinema framework that they were working on. The one thing that I appreciated that I heard was that they wanted to build more processing centers so people who were put into the processing center would get their asylum hearing immediately and then they would be adjudicated so they could send them home, basically. But it, it, it didn't go anywhere for many reasons. Um, and I wasn't a fan of, of the framework. There was never a bill that was you know completely constructed, and they didn't want to call it amnesty, but it was kind of amnesty for... Uh, well, it was for the DACA kids, for the dreamers, who could then, you know, get all of their family members in, you know, up to like 14, 15 generations back and forward and sideways and anybody related uh, on Ancestry.com and that sort of thing. So all of this money that is now being allocated, it's just for management requirements and it's prohibited from being used to acquire, so to get new border security tech or capability. Capability. That's a pretty encompass. That's a that's that encompasses a lot, right? That's a really sweeping term to maintain security, technology, and capability. So you can't even use it to maintain, and you can't extend. So no more border wall. Can't make it longer, taller, whatever. Can't get more drones. Can't make the drones fly more, uh, cover more area, right? The only thing you're allowed to do is to improve processing. That's it. Meanwhile, this $410 million set aside, it will be earmarked to, quote, remain available to reimburse the countries of Jordan, Lebanon, Egypt, Tunisia, and Oman. Or maybe it's Oman. I know it's Oman. To enhance border security for them. We're paying $410 million for enhanced border security in the Middle East. $150 million of the 410 has to go to Jordan, according to the bill. Why are we paying for border security in the Middle Eastern countries, but not here? How come we could do border enhancements in those countries, but not here? I uh, mentioned the salmon. I mentioned the bees. Let's see here. Let's go back to the, the list here from Congressman Dan Bishop. Oh, I uh, got a couple of messages. Um, uh, Chooch on Twitter. It's a Pete tweet. Chooch says, it sounds like the bees by the highway part was lobbied for by Big Car Wash. Ah, that makes sense. Big Car Wash. They were the ones behind the the bee relocation and massacre portion of the uh, of the bill. Breaking news. CMS has a new superintendent. Give it up. New superintendent, everybody. Congratulations. New superintendent for CMS. This is, I think, the fourth in uh, since I started the show today. Um, congratulations. Real leadership by the Charlotte-Mecklenburg School Board. Oh, wait. Breaking news. This coming in from the transom. CMS 
is once again looking for a new superintendent. Okay, need we need a new superintendent. All right. It's getting out of control. Out of control. Have you looked in any of the local newsrooms for your next hire? I would do it. I, I would do it. And I think you could pay me enough. You you definitely could pay me enough. Like you pay me what you paid the last superintendent, and then I'll just take like a quarter of that and give it to somebody else to fill in host for me while I'm doing that job. And then when I don't do the job well and uh, you fire me, then I get paid out for the rest of my contract. And then I come back and I will have made somewhere in the neighborhood of, you know, like a half a million dollars. It's a win-win. I mean, for me, I mean, whatever. not like the kids benefit here. I mean, these are superintendent salaries we're talking about. Kids don't benefit from that. Um, oh, Get this, the uh, there is a, a, a there's an expense in the BS Act for um, vaccine injury trust fund al- uh, uh, allocations. Did you know this? There is a trust fund set up, money getting put into it for vaccine injuries. Last year. It was $13.2 million. Now it's $15.2 million, which Dan Bishop says is a 15% increase. And then you got to wonder, are we anticipating a 15% increase in vaccine injuries this year? Something going on there? It also authorizes, quote, sums as may be necessary for vaccine injury death claims. There's another $335 million to prepare for an influenza pandemic including the use of surveillance tools. $7.5 million to better understand the domestic radicalization phenomenon. Plus $1 million for gun violence research. These programs are often a smokescreen for violating civil liberties down the road, Bishop says. Oh, but don't worry. Don't worry. The Corporation for Public Broadcasting, they're getting $535 million dollars 535 million dollars the cpb funds your public radio stations oh but pete they used to get a lot more true oh but pete it's uh, only like you know uh less than five percent of our budgets or whatever okay hey you know what i'd like a five percent budget boost from govco here at uh, wbt how about that could i get a five percent underwriting of the bottom line for us I bet we could hire some staff. I bet we could hire a bunch of people to, you know, do stories in depth, like serious uh, thought pieces on the mating rituals of the honeybee on the roadside. A lot of gnat sound. The bees on the side of the road you're hearing are part of a program. I would love to have like 70 producers to name at the end of every single one of my half hour shows, you know? <laughs> I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy birthday. 
Um, happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa, happy New Year's, happy holidays. Okay. A um, couple of uh, tweets. By the way, if you want to engage on Twitter, it's at Pete Callender. Uh, so Holly says she has two questions for this oligarchy that's ruling us from D.C. A, how much longer are you going to punish us for voting someone not politically approved into the White House? All right, that's one. Hang on, that, that's one. Oh, here we go. B, what kind of crap have you gotten us into that has caused us to not be allowed to elect someone not politically approved uh, into the White House? Um, this is a tweet from the last six months. That's the name of the account called the last six months. Our elected officials have one, no love of country. Two, are completely disconnected from the real world. And three, believe they should rule over us. They see us as subjects, not citizens. We get what we voted for. We deserve it. Um, I think I just saw... I don't know. I think I just saw that Elon Musk was step, was resigning as CEO of Twitter. I mean, he still owns it. I think I just saw that on Fox, but I'll keep you posted. Um, I was going over the uh, some of the highlights or lowlights, if you will, of the um, of this omnibus bill. And uh, look, this is this thing is going to pass. Just in all seriousness, I have no doubt it's going to pass because everyone, uh, like somebody mentioned earlier, they want to get out before the the bad weather hits them in D.C. Right? Because there's this big snowstorm, all the global warming coming at them. And so the they want to get out of town, and uh, they want to get out before Christmas, cause, you know. And I get that; that's a very human thing. But it, it wouldn't matter if there was a snowstorm coming. I mean, that's just another. It's another more you know believable because they're human kind of excuse, right? All of this stuff gets set in motion by the fact that we're not using regular order to construct our budgets. That's. That's this is the feature of this system. It's not a bug, right? This is the point. The reason why they don't do it the way they used to do it is so they can precisely do it this way. And it forces everybody into voting on these massive bills that nobody has to read. In other words, they're lazy, right? Nobody has to read them. They can just vote and leave. Well, I mean, are they still doing remote voting? Yeah, maybe not. I guess they're back in. So they don't have to worry about it. They're not going to get any flack from, like the Democrats aren't going to get flack from their uh, their people back in their districts over this. If anything, it'll be like, why aren't you spending more? They're not going to get flack for, uh, for doing this process. Republicans, yeah, I mean, they're going to get some flack, but they're going to then res- uh, respond with something like, uh, well, you know, we had to pass it because... We couldn't let the government shut down because that's a political loser for us because it's a, it's a political loser, they believe, because they get hammered by the Democrats and the media. But I repeat myself. So that and they're they're still scarred from the Tea Party shutdowns of like 10 years ago where they they think that's what cost them the elections. And I'm not sure that's the case. But what do I know? I'm just a little old radio host. Thank you. Um, Mark sent me a tweet. It was Charlie Wrangle. Good impersonation, by the way. Thank you. They say, I got to read the bill. Come on. Nobody reads the bill. 
Um, Mike says, I used to drive from Reno to Sacramento once a week. You might say you lit out from Reno, maybe. Anyway, uh, once a year, they would ship bees on flatbed trucks to California to pollinate the almond trees. During those times, my windshield would be covered in dead bees. There you go. Thank you, Mike. Confirming what I said to be true, so therefore I read it on the air. Um, that's the <laughs> this this bill is going to lead to the deaths of probably millions of bees. How do we know that that's not the point here, right? How do we know this is not the purpose of the bee pollinator program? Maybe I'm looking at this all wrong. Right? Maybe the whole point is to get all the bees on the sides of the road precisely to murder them all, which then creates the, right, the ecosystem collapse, the ecological uh, catastrophe, because everything that uses the flowers or the honey or whatever. I've heard this, right? You've heard this, too. Everybody's heard this for, like, the last five years, right? Maybe longer. The, oh, the bees are dying. We have to save the bees. They gotta, they, we have a Save the Honey Bee license plate in this state. So everyone is aware that the honeybees are endangered, they're dying. What's happening to the honeybees? I think I found out. Our government is assassinating the honeybees. First Kennedy. I have not read the story yet on that. I've seen it. I have it bookmarked. I will read it. The Kennedy assassination and the new information that came out about the CIA and all of that. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. But I, be, yeah. I believe I might have stumbled onto the real project here. Pete, are federal government employees, military, etc., impacted if the omnibus mess isn't passed? Uh, yeah, so that's one of the things they do also is they become very picky and choosy on who bears the brunt of the sh- of a shutdown. Remember this? Remember they shut down national parks. They shut down the things that the citizens were actually using. They furloughed people in various critical areas and stuff. Everybody gets their money back, by the way. Everyone gets their money back, but then they deem like most of the personnel, most of the government operations continue. They're deemed to be vital, essential. They, they continue. But they went around, is this like the non-discretionary stuff, so they would shut down parks. They liter- literally went to the side of the road where you can see Mount Rushmore for, if you pull over. So everybody would like pull over and they take pictures of Mount Rushmore from this really good spot, this vantage point. And the park service went out and blocked the side of a road so people couldn't take pictures of it. This is where you got those stupid, um, remember the World War II vets that were on one of the hero flights up to see their World War II memorial, and they tore down the barriers? That's where that came from. Like, these guys stormed the beaches of Normandy. Your little metal fence does not stand a chance. (laughs) And they ripped them down. They're like, we're going in. It's our monument. Screw you. There's a sidewalk. It's literally a sidewalk. And they shut it down. That's how GovCo rolls, man.
News Talk 1110-993-WBT. All right, so uh, yesterday spent a good bit of time talking about how the FBI basically turned Twitter into its uh, subsidiary and used the Twitter uh, executives right to censor stories that they knew, uh, the story particularly about the Hunter Biden laptop that they knew was going to be coming out. Uh, and so obviously that warrants a big payoff from Democrats running the omnibus uh, bill. And uh, yeah, the, the FBI is getting a whole bunch of money. Um, I mean, they did a good job for the Democrats. So there you go. Um, but here's the thing. This is why it's so dangerous. And now I, I'm of the opinion now they just the the FBI needs to be uh, dismantled. I'm, I'm done with them. And um, the intelligence community has 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 gotten out of control. It's out of control. And I don't know how you rein it back in, particularly in light of what was reported by John Solomon at justthenews.com. John Solomon, uh, gosh, I mean, he's got tons of bylines everywhere. He's a, he's a author. He's authored several books on, uh, on, you know, uh, intelligence community related matters and such. Um, he writes that in an extraordinary intrusion on congressional oversight, the Justice Department used grand jury subpoenas to secretly obtain the personal email and phone data of at least two top House Intel Committee investigators back in November 2017. The DOJ targeted investigators on the House Intelligence Committee that were investigating the DOJ. They're out of control. Who are these guys? What was going on? 2017, November 2017. It was one year after the election of Trump. Remember Chairman Devin Nunes? He was assembling bombshell evidence of FBI abuses in the Russia collusion probe. The subpoenas that the DOJ got have now been obtained by John Solomon and JustTheNews.com. And the subpoena showed that the DOJ demanded that Google turn over personal email and phone data from the two senior staffers on November 20th, 2017, and that responsive materials were to be returned to the DOJ by December 5th, 2017. The subpoenas were delivered during a critical time frame in the committee's effort to expose the Donald Trump-Russia collusion investigation as having been driven by an uncorroborated political opposition dossier funded by Hillary Clinton. Nunez's committee was locked at the time in a bitter struggle to force the FBI and the DOJ to turn over records to the committee. It's one of the most surprising things to me. It really is. All the boomers that were like, you know, anti-government, how quickly they caved, how quickly they turned into authoritarians. All these leftists, I mean, leftists are authoritarians at heart, so I guess that makes sense. The DOJ subpoenas come to light. Why? Why now? Well, big tech, particularly Google, they have a policy that they will alert you if law enforcement takes these kinds of actions against you and they take your stuff, they look into your stuff. Google will tell you that five years later and they hit the statute of limitations or at least the policy. 
One of the subpoenaed staffers, you probably know this name, Cash Patel. He was the senior counsel on the Intelligence Committee. He said the DOJ subpoenas were an extraordinary intrusion on congressional oversight and raised serious concerns about the separation of executive and legislative branch powers guaranteed in the Constitution. The other House Intel staffer had worked extensively on investigating the FBI's Russia collusion conduct, including drafting the committee's report, criticizing the FBI, reviewing sensitive documents, and fighting with the DOJ to gain access to the records. So now what do we learn in the Twitter, uh, uh, the release of the uh, Twitter files? What do we learn? All right, what do we learn? Right, that the FBI knew the Hunter Biden story was coming, right? So they basically planted the seeds in order to harvest the yield when the when the story broke. And the seeds they planted, they went all around. They they primed Facebook and they primed Twitter. They probably primed media outlets. I mean, media outlets have been around for a lot longer. And so why wouldn't they have these types of tentacles reaching into the, the corporate media world as well? Who, by the way, still doesn't find any of this to be of interest to anybody. Still not reporting it, which indicates to me that they probably are active participants in it. They're okay with this. Why would you not? I mean, why would you not cover the, the the scandal of the last, you know, the biggest scandal of the last 40 years? Why would you not? You got the FBI planting the stories. You got big tech colluding to censor Americans for making jokes. Taking over more and more direct control of some of these decisions, right? But remember, all of that came from the 2016 Russia collusion hoax, which we know Michael Sussman, attorney for Hillary Clinton, went to James Baker at the FBI and gave him the Alpha Bank story, the Russia Alpha Bank, Russia collusion story. James Baker then ran point as general counsel or deputy general counsel, whatever it was, ran point on the Russia collusion, quote, investigation, right? And so as that's going on, these House Intelligence Committee investigators, they're looking into questions about whether this stuff is true. They got a whiff of what we now know to be true. They start pursuing it. And what does the what does the FBI do? They go after the investigators. Why? To see if they're corrupted by Russia, too, that they're Putin's puppets. No, they want to know what you know. How close are you to figuring out the truth here, which we now know, right? This is why I say this, this cannot, this can't be fixed. This can't, they haven't even admitted that they, they've done this or that the, you know, people, oh, that was old Jim Baker, you know, we could never trust that guy. I don't know how he did so much, you know, bad things while he was here. The system failed or whatever. I, I don't, I don't know how you reform this. I don't. Nunes said the subpoenas gave the DOJ and the FBI unprecedented potential to learn in real time what his investigation was learning about FBI misconduct in the Russia probe. We played the audio from uh, U.S. Senator Frank Church from 40, 50 years ago, warning about what the intel agencies could do if they turned their weapons against the American citizens. And this is what he was talking about. This is precisely what he was talking about.
News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Got an email from Thomas. I think it's from Thomas. Yeah. Uh, Pete, all of this news regarding the omnibus bill is just noise, and unless something drastic happens to cut into big government, nothing will ever change. The Democrats have a one-track mind and are focused on their specific socialist agenda. The rhinos, specifically in the Senate, have... We need to come up... Guys, we need to come up with a, a new name... Rhino isn't working. I've been called a rhino, and I'm not even a registered Republican. <laughs> so uh, it, 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 the, the word the word just that term cannot just mean any Republican I disagree with. I'm not I'm not arguing against Thomas here's use of it. I'm just saying it reminded me of, to make this point that like the term rhino, I don't even know what it means anymore because everybody uses it. Um. The rhinos, specifically in the Senate, have the same agenda but couch their support as bipartisanship. Both of them say they're doing all this for our good, for our health, or for the children. It's all BS, and it's set up and it's set up to align with the globalist to control and destroy America. As for dismantling the FBI, good luck. We're right behind you, Pete. <laughs> Go get him, Tiger. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. Mm. Let's see. This is from, oh, gosh, I got a bunch of uh, messages over here. Pete at the PeteCalendarShow.com. Pete, when you said the honeybees were going intention, uh, were being intentionally targeted by the government, I wondered for a minute what they had against the cheerleaders for a pro sports franchise. You just never know with the government. Okay, for non-Hornet fans, the honeybees are the, uh, the cheerleaders for the Charlotte Hornet basketball team. Do they play basketball, actually? I mean, I know they they go out onto that court, but can you call what they do playing basketball? Okay. Um, Ann says, uh, I just called whose office? She doesn't say. Tillis, okay. Just talked to his office. He voted no in committee and plans to vote no. Um, Bob says, no multiple producers. Be thankful you still have a transom over which news comes. That's fair. That's fair. Um, that's old school. What will happen when MMT fails? Modern monetary theory. What will happen when it fails? Well, they'll blame the true culprit. Capitalism. The people who advocate for MMT and other dumb policies have never and will never be at fault for anything. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess on the one hand, I, can't, I was going to say I, I hope, but I don't hope. I fear, I fear the worst when it comes to economics and the economy. I fear the worst. The, the upside to that is we hopefully salt the earth with this philosophy after the carnage. But I, I don't know I don't know if we survive. If we do, then it's like, let's never do that again. Right? Well, at least for like a generation or two, and then the next round of leftists can come in and be like, no, in this time it'll totally work. 
Pete, what is the purpose of Customs and Border Enforcement if you're not going to enforce laws regarding, uh, regarding crossing the border illegally? Well, they inspect cargo uh, containers, too. They do that. So, yeah. What is it you say you do here? All right, back to this story from John Solomon at Just the News that the DOJ snooped on two House Intelligence Committee investigators who were looking into claims that the DOJ's Russia collusion narrative was a hoax, which, by the way, it turned out to be exactly that. It was not true. And somebody inside, I believe this is, uh, if memory serves, that someone is inside the FBI and they whistle blew. They were like, yo, Nunes, this is, you know, this is all a put up. And Nunes then went to Trump, remember? And then everyone's like, oh, look at He's such a bootlicker for Putin. He ran to Trump. And, and everybody's like freaking out. He was right. They were right. And so House Intel starts doing an investigation and the FBI turns around and, and uh, gets a subpoena to monitor the investigators' real-time communications via Google. And the only reason we know about it now is because five years has passed. And Google has a policy to let you know, hey, by the way, the FBI looked into your stuff. Yeah, yeah, they've been monitoring your comms for a while. (laughs) Oh, I mean, it was five years ago. But just thought you should know. Okay, bye. Uh, Nunez said that uh, the FBI and DOJ spied on a presidential campaign. And when Congress began exposing what they were doing, they spied on us to find out what we knew and how we knew it. It's an egregious abuse of power that the next Congress must investigate so these agencies can be held accountable and reformed. Uh, Later on in the piece, uh, in the Russia collusion case, then Deputy Attorney General, remember this guy, Rod Rosenstein, or Stein, I don't know, Rod Rosenstein, he assumed the Attorney General's powers when Jeff Sessions recused himself. Remember that pressure campaign? And Sessions was like, yeah, okay, I'll recuse myself. And, and Trump blew a gasket over it. Nunes and Cash Patel, one of the investigators targeted, said they have long suspected that the FBI or DOJ might be monitoring their communications, particularly because Rod Rosenstein made a threat to do just that in a meeting. Rosenstein, who's known for losing his temper, apparently, had screamed at Nunes and Patel, and he literally said, quote, if you're going to continue this investigation, I'm going to subpoena you and your records. Just weeks before the staffers' emails were subpoenaed, Nunes' committee issued a series of its own congressional subpoenas demanding the FBI, DOJ, and CIA turn over evidence that would eventually show that the FBI knew the Steele dossier had been funded by the Clinton campaign, had been portrayed to the FISA courts as credible, when in fact agents knew it wasn't. So right after they're like, give us the documents that prove this, the FBI went after the investigators. (laughs) 